Welcome to Beretta Fleur Du Jour, a podcast for women where we explore our midlife experience. Where are you in your experience today? Hello and welcome to Beretta Fleur Du Jour. I'm your host, Beretta Fleur. If you're not familiar with my work, I am an author, podcaster, and confidence coach, and I use coaching, storytelling, and self-development tools to help women just like you lead happier, healthier, and more satisfying lives. Good to be here with you guys. Today uh, today is a rough one because I, <laughs> I'm going to take a deeper dive into gaslighting and dark psychology. And this is something that I touched on briefly in episode four, Toxic Relationships. If you'd like, you can go back and listen to that first if you haven't already. But this will be a deeper dive into gaslighting and dark psychology and how gaslighting and dark psychology can be used in toxic relationships and also in society. And my hope here is to open a conversation within your own heart and mind as to developing an awareness and a shrewdness toward gaslighting techniques. First, I want to walk you through what gaslighting is. We're also going to do an exercise that takes a look at gaslighting in your life and to try and pinpoint if that sort of thing is going on in your relationships, friendships, family, or career. The second part of this podcast, I want to address your own vulnerability to gaslighting and the use of dark psychology toward you so that we can make you less susceptible to gaslighting. And we'll just touch on some recovery tools and tips and resources for those of you that have experienced gaslighting and the use of dark psychology as a manipulative tool. Okay, so let's get started. So what is gaslighting? Gaslighting can be varying degrees. But what we're looking at in this particular podcast is severe gaslighting as a form of control, whether that's social control or in relationships. So when we say gaslighting in this podcast, that's the kind of mean-spirited, controlling, really detrimental and dark psychology being used on people to gain an upper hand and an advantage in a situation. I have a couple quotes for you. Anything that I quote or mention here, I will include in my show notes. I also have an Amazon suggested reading list. If you go to Amazon and search my username, which is Beretta Fleur, you will find my suggested reading list. And if I can, I will also link that in the show notes. These quotes come from the Gaslighting Recovery Workbook, Healing from Emotional Abuse by Amy Marlowe McCoy, LPC. I would recommend using it if you want to step into the work. There's a lot of places where you can put notes and all this stuff. I'm going to read you some of her text, which I found was pretty spot on with what gaslighting is. And I really like how she kind of lays it out. So Amy Marlowe McCoy says, Gaslighting is an emotional abuse tactic that makes the receiver doubt his or her perception of reality. In one case, my patient's father broke down her confidence by constantly questioning her judgment, downplaying or dismissing her achievements, and criticizing her emotional responses. As a result, my client eventually stopped relying on her own instincts and came to trust her father's perception more than her own. 
Gaslighting separates you from your anchors in life, your sense of self, and your ability to trust yourself. Victims can be gaslit by questioning, mocking, or denying their reported experience until they lose confidence in their own senses. And that to me is super important because I am all about valuing your life experience. And one thing that gaslighting does do is strives to invalidate your life experience. They are trying to throw you off balance by invalidating your experience and invalidating what your own heart and mind are doing. Let's look a little bit at toxic relationships and gaslighting in romantic situations. Amy Marlowe McCoy says, Gaslighting is common in toxic romantic relationships as an effective way for abusers to control their partners. A cheating partner may try to portray you as being irrationally jealous for showing anger or being hurt by their infidelity. Isolation is a powerful and dangerous tool in the arsenal of an emotional abuser. And let's look at bullying in gaslighting. Amy Marlowe McCoy says, When all else fails, a gaslighter may resort to openly bullying to maintain power. Bullying can also take place online through harassing emails and phone calls or by stalking. Another way of keeping victims off balance is to ascribe malicious intent to innocent and innocuous events. In dealing with gaslighting at work, Amy Marlowe McCoy says, A gaslighting manager or coworker may attempt to tarnish your reputation through gossip, perhaps to more easily pin mistakes on you. The rumors and lies may have nothing to do with your work performance, have no validity, but they will be presented as evidence of your unreliability and untrustworthiness. The ultimate goal of a gaslighter is to rob you of credibility in your own mind as well as in the minds of others. That can happen in work, but that can also happen in general. How many times do you hear about somebody becoming a scapegoat? So you're not only being attacked from within by your own self, other people are being rallied around you to attack you. Amy Marlowe McCoy says, A powerful tool for controlling others, gaslighting can be used to suppress or inflame whole communities within a larger society. Leaders may gaslight their followers, urging a kind of groupthink that discourages individuality and personal responsibility. A mob-like mentality can develop, one that can effectively silence anyone who steps outside the invisible lines. So it's twofold. Gaslighting breaks down your own identity and your own self-confidence and your own ability to validate your own experience. And it also brings others to the conversation and says, look at what this person is or isn't. Look at what she has or hasn't done. So let's do a little patented Beretta Fleur du Jour exercise here, because I like to do these to kind of connect with you and rather than just talk at you. Um, So let's think about a relationship in your life that you feel gaslighting might be going on. Here are the red flags you can look at first. Think about relationships or situations in which you feel invalidated, unsure, confused, 
for personal instances of gaslighting, say it's family, friends, romantic relationships. In places where you're feeling like you're being told that you're, oh, you're so sensitive, oh, you're overreacting, oh, you're crazy, just kind of sit with that for a few minutes because that can be one of the first indicators of gaslighting. So with that relationship in mind, your feelings are often belittled or cited as crazy or that sort of attitude toward you. Let's talk about what's going on as far as the power balance in that relationship. Is this somebody that has some sort of authority over you? And this could even be in social circles. At work, it could be that they're a supervisor or an employer or a manager. Um, in romantic relationships, this could be a partner who has you kind of disadvantaged a little bit, whether that's financially or you have children together. Does this person have something over you? What's the power balance in that relationship? The third thing I want you to think about is just play out this scenario in your head with me. What would happen if you were to say to that person, you know what, I don't think you're being very fair to me. I don't think you're hearing me and I don't feel seen or heard. I think you already know if you feel like stuff would hit the fan like you wouldn't believe, if you're picturing a psychotic meltdown, being completely upset with you, that is what people who gaslight other people do. When they are challenged on what they are doing, they quickly turn it around on you and they will quickly invalidate you because they don't want to be called out. They want to keep going. They want to keep doing what they're doing. So if in this exercise you pictured that scenario and it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, mean to make you feel that way, and more of a, I don't know what would happen, I think they would probably get mad at me. That's really something to examine, and that's something to ruminate on. So what makes us vulnerable to gaslighting? Well, most of the time, it's because we're emotionally invested in a relationship, and sometimes love isn't always functional. We're passionate, and we want to make a difference. You have something of value, whether it's a strong work ethic or a passion that can be funneled into some sort of movement or project. It's because you have a good heart. We want to be polite, and we want to be forgiving. And we don't want to cause fights, and we want to get along with people. So those are three examples of why we might get targeted with gaslighting. Sense of love, sense of commitment, strong work ethic, some ethic of value that could be used for a purpose, sense of being a good person, someone who will keep the peace, someone who will easily do what somebody asks them or tells them to do, or somebody who will get along and go along. 
So gaslighting in relationships can be really, really painful and very, very traumatizing, especially in romantic relationships, because there's so much love and effort and time and sex and bonding that goes into that emotional relationship that we have, as well as maybe you live together. Maybe you have children together. Maybe you're married. There's a lot that can be bound up in a romantic relationship that isn't necessarily true when you're at a job or it's your family or your friends or it's society. So love and relationships are very important to all of us. We all have either goals or relationships that we're currently in that we're very invested in. That sense of love and that sense of belonging, that's very, very high on the scale of your needs as a human being. You need to be in relationship. And a lot of times, if somebody wants to control the relationships in their lives, they latch on to people who are willing to be controlled. And if you're in that situation, it's because you're allowing yourself to be in that situation. And I don't mean that as it's your fault. But what I am trying to say is you are empowered. So if you don't want to be in that situation anymore, you can get out. So when we're experiencing gaslighting in a romantic relationship, oftentimes we're in a sense of emotional devaluing. Our emotions, when we feel them and when we share them, are often belittled. A lot of times they're devalued in the sense that you're told, well, that's not true. Well, you're crazy for feeling that way. You're told, I don't think that's accurate. Why are you being so sensitive? Why are you acting crazy? Why are you being a bitch? Why are you so jealous? Why are you so needy? If somebody devalues your emotions and your responses, if somebody's constantly telling you that how you feel is ridiculous, that's a definite sign of gaslighting. And I'm really sorry that that's happening to you because no one wants to be told that their feelings are invalid. Nobody deserves to be told that they don't deserve to be heard. If you're in a relationship, there's got to be trust there. There's got to be vulnerability. You have to feel safe to be able to share your feelings and to be vulnerable. And if somebody's not giving you that space, if somebody's constantly telling you that you're crazy or you're overreacting or you're sensitive or don't be like that or why can't you just get along, that's not a really good place to be. So if that's your experience, it might be time to move on from that. Or at least say to your partner, you know what, we need to work on this because I need a space with you where I can be vulnerable and I can share my feelings and not have them shot down. The second aspect is your work ethic or your passion that can be funneled into a project. A lot of times, if you need boots on the ground, whether you're starting up a grassroots business or you're starting a nonprofit or you're starting a movement or you're raising awareness or you're campaigning for votes, you have a need for people to carry out your mission and your plan and your goal. You need people behind you. You need backers and supporters. And a lot of times people use gaslighting to get that going. Why? Well, it's really not easy to get people to do what you want them to unless you can appeal to their higher mind and their higher heart. If you can appeal to their higher nature, if you can come across as good as what you're doing is good or admirable, or you have a cause that's important to believe in, 
or if you're a company, what you're doing is good, a lot of times that is the way to get people to do what you want. Case in point, you're a church. How do you get members? Well, you tell your members that they need you because you're good and you're going to show them how to be good. You're going to do good works. You're going to feed the homeless. You're going to build shelters. So how do you get a congregation to send you money and to show up every week? You offer them an idea. This is what I'm doing and it's good. Now, I'm not saying that church is gaslight, but what I am saying is you have to show a group of people why what they're going to support is good. Because who wants to join something that's bad? So if you have passion or a work ethic, you could be an easy target for gaslighting. Case in point, I don't mean to be offensive. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but my perspective from the BLM movement and Antifa right now is they're conning a lot of people to do their dirty work and people with boots on the ground are actually getting arrested. They're getting put in jail. They're getting tear gassed. It's not a pretty sight. And who are the higher ups? Who are the people in power? Are they getting their hands dirty? Are they going to jail for tearing down statues? There is an admirable goal as far as wanting to abolish racism in our society. There is an admirable goal in mind that's being touted as we want equality for all. We want to get rid of offensive statues. We want to get rid of racism. We see a problem and we want to fix it. But I see a lot of people being gaslighted or gaslit into risking their lives, getting charged with felonies, being put in prison, being put in jail, committing crimes where they're looting and starting fires. At the end of the day, what is that changing? What in our society is changing? Are they getting an audience with the people in power? Are they being heard? I don't think so. And so you have to look at what is the point and the purpose of somebody telling others that what they're doing is good? Is it really good or is it a means to an end? There's a quote attributed to both Vladimir Lenin and also an economist. And it's the term useful idiots. And that is kind of popping up now and again because the BLM movement is kind of that whole idea of useful idiots. People who aren't really willing to think through what they're doing. And I completely appreciate that. There's this passion. There's this fire. There's this, we need to do something. So let's do this. But whose hands are getting dirty here? Who's the useful idiot in this situation? Because when you're no longer useful, you're just an idiot. And I hate that I have to say that, but it really upsets me when I see people risking their lives and ruining their future just because somebody told them, this is what you need to do to prove that you care about racial equality in America. Guys, no, you don't. You really don't. So that's one example of gaslighting for somebody who has passion to make a difference and do something good and something right in our society. If you don't want to be subject or if you don't want to be vulnerable to being gaslighted, don't let yourself be vulnerable. Be smart. Do your research. Think things through. Have your own moral code and your own agenda of what you think is okay. Do you think it's okay to throw a bottle of gasoline and rags into somebody's business and burn it down? Then don't. Then don't do it. Do you think that racism is wrong? 
Okay, then believe that. But don't let somebody tell you that unless you riot or unless you burn something down in protest to racism, that you're racist. In episode two, Emotions in Crisis, I go into the idea of being ignorant to a pain point and how that can trigger shame when you're in crisis. And I think that's what a lot of people might feel with the BLM movement. I think that maybe people didn't realize for some reason that there's racism going on. Or maybe people feel that, you know what, everybody I know is of this color and it's the color that I am. And I haven't been living as diversely as I could. I've been restricting myself to this one kind of pocket of what I know. And maybe that has pricked people's consciences a little bit. And if that's the case, great. Go out there. Go make sure that your worldview is more diversified. But does that mean you have to go burn down a building? Does that mean that you have to riot in the streets? Does that mean that you're racist? No, it doesn't. Your heart and your mind are subject to your judgment. You look inside yourself and you decide what you think about yourself. And if you want to work on something, and if you feel that, hey, maybe I need to work on this issue, then that's your call. That's not anybody else's call but yours. So let's look at why we're targeted in the sense of we have an idea of a moral code that should be followed and we want to do our best to be good people. How do we say to ourselves, I'm not going to fall for that. I'm not going to stay in relationships where I'm not seen or heard. I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to be manipulated. In episode four, Toxic Relationships, I cover how to be your own best friend and how to improve your self-confidence and your self-love. And if you haven't heard that episode, I strongly suggest going back and giving that a listen to kind of bring you to the starting point of having more self-love and self-confidence, having a loud voice in your head that determines what your core values are and what you believe and who you are as a person. Because it's very easy to manipulate somebody that doesn't have a strong sense of self. It's very easy to tell somebody how they feel when they don't spend enough time thinking about how they feel to know how they feel. If somebody says to you, how are you feeling? You go, eh, I don't know. How's life been? Eh, I don't know. Versus, how are you feeling? Well, to be honest, I've been a little stressed out and a little depressed. If somebody were to ask you, how have you been feeling? What's been going on with you? And you don't have a clear answer or you don't have a clear idea of how you are feeling or what has been going on with you internally, it might be good to spend a little bit of time with yourself just connecting with yourself more so that when you are connected with yourself, you're not easily swayed or you're not easily pushed around or you're not easily told how you feel. So if you're your own best friend and if you're spending time with yourself, if you know your core values, it's a lot harder to sway you and to manipulate you. So how to heal from gaslighting. Today, a lot of the quotes that Amy Marlowe McCoy quotes are from the Gaslighting Recovery Workbook. That seems like a pretty good resource. I have not read it all the way through, 
it's kind of a heavy read <laughs> and there's places for notes and all that good stuff. But that would be a good resource for you. I'm also going to link in my little list here and in the show notes. I had a little bit of trouble when I was researching some resources for gaslighting. And the reason is, guys, I was really weirded out by this, but there's actually a book on how to gaslight people, which was like really revolting to me. So I did my best and I have a bunch of resources that I'm linking in the show notes. Um, so that's as far as resources go. Now, doing the head work, I really want you to know that you're not alone, that this is very, very common, that gaslighting is way more common than I would like it to be personally, but it, you know, it's varying degrees. A lot of times people feel that the only way to get what they want or to get a result or even to get you to love them is to manipulate you. A lot of times people feel that if they ask, you might say no, and you might. In life, you'll have people that have courage and people who are brave and people who are respectful and people who just aren't. And I just want you to know that it's not because you're a wimp that you've been easily manipulated or talked into something, but you do have a responsibility to yourself to keep yourself safe and to keep the relationships around you healthy. And you're way more empowered than you actually think. In closing, I want to leave you with this thought. There are people out there that will manipulate. There are people out there that will gaslight. And it's because they do not possess the tools of asking. They do not possess the tools of being transparent and being vulnerable. They don't know how to be vulnerable. They don't know how to ask for what they want. And it might feel intimidating and it might feel scary. But understand that out of both of those people... You are the more powerful one. You are the person in power. And all you need to do is step into your own power and take control and walk away. So when you're thinking about all the pain and all the hurt and all the suffering that can come from feeling manipulated and having somebody gaslight you, know that you are already in the more powerful place because you can make the work happen because you can change, because you want things to change, because you want to move forward and you want to heal. And afterward, later on, when you're through this and when you're done with the work, they're going to still be stuck. They're still going to be doing the same old thing and you're going to be moved on and you're going to be out of it. And you're already going to be on your way to living a happier and healthier and more balanced life with people in it who love you and support you. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Beretta Fleur Du Jour now offers confidence coaching, one-on-one -on -one experiences to help you reach your goals and to give you a customized action plan and live your dream life. For more information, go to berettafleur.com slash coaching to get your free quiz. Thanks so much and enjoy your experience.